We're here today to discuss the recently released Review of Security of Payment Laws. The Commonwealth Government engaged Member of the Order of Australia, John Murray, to review security of payment legislation across Australia. In doing so, Mr Murray met more than 70 stakeholders. The result is an exhaustive report that's just shy of 400 pages long. I'm Megan Sharkey, a lawyer in the construction team here at CORS, and I'm here with partner Andrew McCormack, senior associate Sam Woff, and consultant Wayne Josich. We'll be discussing some of the most important recommendations and debating their effect on the construction industry. Wayne, perhaps you could start by giving your overall impressions of the report. Thanks. I'm glad that you're asking for overall impressions and not a commentary on all of the 86 recommendations. I don't think that'll be good for anyone. Uh, there is one recommendation, though, that everyone needs to know. Uh, so the overarching recommendation that Mr Murray makes is that the legislation be harmonised. So essentially, there be the same legislation across the jurisdictions and that it follow broadly the East Coast model. In particular, most of the recommendations suggest following something like the current form of the New South Wales legislation. So that's really the headline finding, headline recommendation. That's the one we need to know about. There are lots of small improvements, mostly fairly uncontroversial ones. I think Sam's going to talk about some of those a bit later. Uh, but of course, this is a really difficult process, and Mr Murray has managed that very well. Uh, he's had to make some compromises here and there. In some cases, there's some doubling up. You, you have, for example, a role still for authorised nominating authorities plus a government regulator. You have the possibility of seeking a review of adjudications and also still the potential for judicial review where there's been a jurisdictional error. So there are still some complexities, uh, but essentially what Ms Murray's done is really uh, to handle a terribly difficult task quite well. One of the concerns about the security of payment legislation is, of course, its complexity. Sam, what has the review recommended to tackle this problem? Thanks, Megan. Yes, the review tackles this problem kind of at two levels. At a macro level, as we've heard from Wayne, there's going to be an attempt to harmonise all the various jurisdictions into one national scheme, which can only um, assist in reducing the complexity. Quite a lot of the complexity at present is tied up in the fact that you have different legislative schemes in different states. So the effort to bring that together into one harmonised approach uh, can only be a good thing. At a more micro level, there's um, some more spring cleaning which has been done to get rid of some of the dusty corners of the existing legislation. Some things are completely done away with where they don't serve a proper purpose. Um, for instance, the Victorian excluded amounts regime has been done away with. The concept of reference states has been recommended to be abolished and we're going to get a consistent national uniform Christmas shutdown period where the timeframes in the Act don't apply. So some spring cleaning, appropriate spring cleaning there. There are a couple of areas where perhaps Mr Murray um, on my reading might have been a little bit overzealous in terms of trying to simplify things. Sometimes that appears to have come at the cost of potentially some fairness in the effort to sort of achieve a more simplified process. Some of the protections, particularly to the respondent, uh, appear to have been done away with, but I know, Andrew, you wanted to talk about that a little bit more, so I won't say anything further about it. Andrew, I know there's a comment you wanted to make in relation to the recommendation that the dual track system in Queensland not be adopted in any national reforms. Do you think that the report strikes the right balance between fairness and simplicity? Well, thanks, Megan. I think 
the answer to the question is, um, and maybe I'm biased being from Queensland, but it's probably not. Um, the report is recommending a one-size-fits-all approach to security of payment. And I'm not sure that always produces the right outcome. So to put it in a very stark example, you would have the same process and the same timeframes to respond to an SOP claim for, say, $1,000, as you would if the claimed amount was $100 million. And typically, uh, in the latter case, the volume of material and the uh, complexity of the arguments and issues will be far more significant in uh, a large value claim. That being the case, I think that the system that uh, Queensland introduced, although that has been uh, pared back somewhat by the recently introduced Building Industry Fairness Act, but in Queensland we still do have a a two-tier system, a standard payment claim, which is anything uh, $750,000 or less, and then above $750,000 you've got complex payment claims and there is a longer time period to respond. Each step in the adjudication process has a a longer time and the ability to have extensions and that allows a a better and more considered response uh, and a better and more considered adjudicator's view on, on the point. So I think that actually the balance between fairness and simplicity isn't quite right and there would be some room for what's affectionately known as the dual track system. The role of the adjudicator is one central topic we haven't fully discussed yet. Sam, what does Mr Murray recommend in respect of adjudicators? Thanks Megan. Yes, Mr Murray does make several recommendations in relation to adjudicators, mainly to improve perception as to their quality and to remove um, lingering doubts as to their um, their, um, neutrality in relation to deciding their disputes. Firstly, there's a recommendation that adjudicators be uh, more heavily regulated in that they have to be registered with a nominating with registered with an authority. They have to undergo training and they have to be graded. Um, and secondly, there's some suggestions in the report that adjudicators be nominated through a more impartial process, whether that's by the parties nominating the adjudicator equally or whether there's some yet to be determined authority that actually makes the appointment. Um, and I think in that. Mr Murray's trying to move away from the current model in some of the states where really it comes down to one of the parties, quite often the claimant, to make the nomination for who the adjudicator is going to be. So I think that those are all positive steps in the right direction because um, it's going to increase the quality of the decisions from the adjudicators and also improve perceptions that they are uh, are unbiased uh, and that can only be a good thing for the whole procedure. Andrew, if I can come back to you, are there any elements of the proposed recommendations which you think would be particularly welcome? Yes, I came across as somewhat poo-pooing the report earlier on uh, when I was talking about the the dual track system, but there are some uh, recommendations that are uh, to be applauded in my view. Uh, One of them is to, uh, at least in the case of New South Wales and, and now Queensland, is to reintroduce the requirement to identify a payment claim as being a claim under the legislation in order to uh, bring the payment claim under the structure of the legislation. As I said, in New South Wales it's been the case for the past few years and and it will be the case shortly in Queensland that you don't need to identify your payment claim as one being made under the Act. Uh, If it satisfies a very liberal uh, definition of what a payment claim is, the statutory regime and statutory timeframes and importantly the statutory consequences of not meeting those timeframes will apply. This means that um, under those eastern jurisdictions uh, at the moment, 
every claim for payments under a construction contract is a security of payment claim, which means as a, as a principal or a head contractor dealing with multiple subcontractor payment claims, you have to treat every payment claim as a live grenade. Um, I would suggest that uh, the uh, taking the step of actually wanting to bring yourself under the jurisdiction of the Act is not uh, a tremendous amount to ask, but could actually be very useful for the relationship between contractors and their clients. Um, another positive development, which is um, instigated in New South Wales at the present time, not in Queensland, is the requirement to have a supporting statement confirming that you've paid all of your subcontractors included as part of your payment claim. I think that's a, a very good idea. It means that there is a degree of rigour uh, required when putting the payment claim together and it helps promote the right behaviours, which are to ensure that subcontractors' payments are properly made and are included in the payment claims that are being submitted up the contractual chain. So Wayne, now we know a little about the report, the next question is, when will it be implemented? Well, that's not an easy question, and frankly, we don't know the answer to that. So where we are now is that we have a shiny, fancy new report, but there are a couple of challenges. Uh, one of those challenges is that the government hasn't yet endorsed all or any of these recommendations, so we don't quite know what the government's position is, and I'm sure we'll find out soon. The second issue is more of a technical challenge, and that's working out how we would actually implement this harmonised legislation. So a couple of ways you could do it. You could find the Commonwealth essentially going it alone, relying on its corporation's power under the Constitution. Uh, the only problem is that not every party involved in a construction project is a corporation, and so there will be some gaps. Maybe those parties won't be properly regulated, Maybe they'll be regulated under existing state legislation. Doesn't seem a, a perfect solution. A better way of doing it would be if the states and territories in some way agreed. And if they can agree, there are some you know, one or other technical ways of ensuring that we have the same legislation. But that does require all those jurisdictions to agree. And we don't yet know whether that will be the case. So what I'd say at the moment is uh, we have an exciting report a promising report and we need to see what happens with it, how the report is actually going to be implemented and it may well be that we'll be making some more podcasts along the way. I think this nicely rounds up the review of security of payment laws. Thank you Andrew, Sam and Wayne for taking us through the review and thank you to our listeners for tuning in. Until our next HiViz podcast, goodbye. This podcast is for reference purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. You should always obtain legal advice about your specific circumstances.